Welcome to PopX Cast, a podcast that brings together the worlds of pop culture and science fiction in a way that breathes life into our inner child. From nostalgia to all things retro, pop culture news, film reviews, and the retro rewind, we explore all realms of geeky goodness. So find your comfy spot, top off your glass, and don't forget those pizza rolls in the air fryer because it's time for PopX Cast. Listening to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. <laughs> Guys, seriously though, thank you so much for joining us tonight here on Pop X Cast. 139, we are literally barking down the door to episode 150. And it's 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 crazy because we, I feel like we just did 100 with John John Sakari at Big Fat Panda and now here we are 50 episodes Austin's stuck. Okay, he needs he's he's in a time loop. Does he need an oil can? Do you, or do you something? do you need do you need some sentimental factor? He needs a tickle. He needs to be tickled. I'm a fancy. I'm gonna take his fancy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but guys, seriously, thank you so much for joining us. Episode 139, March the 6th. I mean, this is gonna be a great episode. Good to have you on board. Please like and share. And with all that said, we're gonna go ahead and roll the old news. Uh, you guys ready for some new Pop X news headlines? I know I am. Oh, Austin's yeah. got his thumbs up, so here we go. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is Pop X News, coming to you live, right here on popxcast.com. All right, Mr. Austin Burke is leading us out this week because it makes sense, him being the, the official critic of the show. Give us those box office numbers this weekend, Austin. He's a professional. He's a I love pro. box office. I know and we've got do. some we've got some really good news today. Um, it should come as no surprise to learn that the Batman is an absolute behemoth for <laughs> Warner Brothers. Perhaps the most iconic character in Warner Brothers library, Batman commands a certain amount of attention at the box office. And this new film is doing more than just keeping up a successful trend. Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson's take on the Cape Crusader has given the studio a massive opening weekend, both here in North America and around the world. The Batman 
opened to the tune of $128.5 million domestically this weekend. That's good for the second biggest opening weekend since the pandemic began oh, two damn. years ago. Let's Trailing go. only the 20-year encapsulation known as Spider-Man No Way Home, so that makes mm, sense. Mm -hmm. The Batman's domestic opening is easily the biggest of 2022 so far and is now the fifth best March opening of all time. Uh, what makes this weekend even more impressive, however, is just how successful the Batman has been overseas. This is the number that, that freaked me out here. Mm -hmm. DC's latest Batman film has earned another $120 million what? the international <laughs> box office this weekend, bringing wow. its global total to $248.5 It took just three days for the Batman to get a quarter of the way to a billion dollars. Now, I am almost positive. Wow. I, I need to be fact-checked just in case, but I, th I think the China release date still hasn't hit yet. Obviously, no Russia release date. We know why. Yeah. Uh, but... They're in timeout. Yes, absolutely. But not having, uh, not having China, and you know, going in mostly select markets. I, I think this is an incredible total, and I'm seeing across the board countries that don't normally perform this well with like single hero origin stories. Mm -hmm. People are coming out in flocks. Now, granted, it's Batman, but you have a new director, you have new actors, and entirely new looking and feeling franchise. I'm impressed with this box office. It's right where I think it should have been. Uh, but again, internationally is where it's kind of opening my eyes. Uh, what say you, Joe? What, what do you think? I, I, you know, I, seriously, the, the, the domestic numbers were kind of like, okay, I, I can understand that. But the overseas numbers blew me away. Given, given the fact that some of the countries are not part of this equation, given mm -hmm. things that's going on in the world right now, but it's just, it's staggering, bro. So this is in yes. three days. This is from Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or is this considered preview night as well? Is preview night in this number? Or do we Thursday? know? Preview night, yes. So, preview night is in Okay, this so this is up to, okay. So, it, dude, what is this thing going to do in a week? Mm, I mean, slay. here's what's going to happen. The diehard fans that are Batman, like, like us, superhero fan films, yep. we love it. They're going to go and tell all their buddies who are normally not superhero fans. They're going to like, you need to go watch this. This is like unlike yeah. any superhero film. Forget Marvel. This mm -hmm. is this is dark. This is like yes. crazy stuff. And um, dude, they did this with a PG thirteen rating. How on earth did they? They squeaked by. That's <laughs> yeah, they what did. they did. They oh squeaked by this gosh. skin of their carpet tucker. <laughs> Jeez, carpet tucker. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Pun, in, yeah. pun intended. Yeah, pun intended. I like that. <laughs> but no, I, I, I really do think the PG-13 rating, the, the fact that they managed to get that is huge for it. And like you said, Joe, word of mouth is going to be huge. I'm excited to see the holdover, and I'm excited to see how many repeat viewings we can get with this movie. I've seen it three times, so I'm excited. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to see it a second. There's, there's things yeah. I know that... I was trying to process, and your eyes are bouncing all over the place, and mm. you're trying to get that first absorption of the film, but yeah. then you need to go back and watch it to really get the gist of what Matt Reeves there's, was creating. There's so much content there to process that it yeah. almost does, it begs for a rewatch to, exactly. to catch everything, because yeah. there's so many details. Dude, yeah. the, the freaking city. I'm, oh my God! We're we're, we're going to pause okay, right there. We're going to pause right there because we're going to peel back all that yeah, in a minute. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Oh my gosh! Freaking amazing! Oh my gosh! Uh, Great! So impressive for a first opening weekend. Well done, Batman! All Love right, Batman. badge. Yeah. I believe right. you got our next one. Yes, I do. Uh, and this is kind of cool. In nearly 15 years after I Am Legend hit theaters, 
Warner Brothers is returning to the film's post-apocalyptic wasteland with the original star, Will Smith, in tow. And he's bringing a new friend. Uh-oh. <laughs> Deadline brings word that, it, uh, that the studio is developing a sequel with Smith appearing opposite Michael B. Jordan. Directed by Francis Lawrence and adapted from the Richard Matheson novel of the same name, I Am Legend cast Smith and Robert Novell, a virologist who fears he may be the last man on Earth after a failed attempt to cure cancer either wipes out most of humanity's population or turns survivors into cannibalistic mutants called dark seekers. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Neville sends his spends his days searching for a cure in a barren New York City until a surprising turn of events leads him to discover that he isn't as alone as he previously thought. Original I Am Legend screenwriter Avika Goldsman is coming back to pen the screenplay and will produce via Weaves Rhodes Pictures alongside Greg Lassans. And however, the studio is still hasn't hired a director for the project yet but this is cool because i really really enjoy I, I really the first movie i gotta say i really did enjoy this one too it was one of those <laughs> it was different right it was it was cool and also too there is a warner brothers you get you know where i'm going with this there is a tie in there if you guys don't know the big easter egg when he's walking oh, yeah. in in times square and you see the batman versus superman logo that would prequel 10 years later, yeah. almost exactly, yeah. the Batman versus Superman movie. Uh, almost the logos look exactly the same. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But um, I'm, I'm excited to see Will Smith back in this po- post-apocalyptic genre of film, especially mm-hmm. with Michael B. The talent. The, the, the dude is a stud when it comes yeah. to talent. He is. I can't wait to see what he's going to bring to the table. Is he going to be a friend, an antagonist? We don't know. But uh, and my big question is: Is this the first movie to ever get a sequel that uses the alternate ending? Because remember, in the original ending, Will Smith's character died, but in the alternate ending, he lived. So right. are they making the alternate ending canon? I forgot I there was. They are. There is two. Dude, yeah, blowing minds yeah. here. Because I remember the end of it. I don't want to give it away if you've not seen it, but I do remember the last few scenes of that and. Um, though sad, it was just kind of like, wow, really, what happened there? And so yeah. it interesting to hear that he is coming back. If he is coming back, that means that the the multiverse. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what. Yeah, I guess they're just assuming everyone saw the alternate ending. Maybe they'll explain it at the beginning of the film. But Maybe I'm curious to see how they do this. this yeah, is interesting. It's going to be like cool. I, I like the movie. I did. I kind of want to go watch it again. I kind of yeah, want to see yeah, it again. Too. It's been a while. It's been a seven, about five, six years. Fifteen years is what the article said. That's it's, a long time to recall details. Of a movie. Wait, this movie is that old? Yes. Was it 08? Yeah, I, I guess it was 08. I guess you are right. 07? 07, 08? Gosh, that's when wow. I was dating Alex. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Well, I'm older than crap. All right. That's crazy. Man. Moving along. Now that we all got an age yeah. check. Oh, <laughs> some of us needed it more than others, but I'm just going to say. All righty, moving along with the news here. This one, this one's kind of cool, guys. It's official fans that, you know, will not have to survive no more than two weeks without their, mm-hmm. their feel of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Punisher, 
and is starting on March the 16th. The former Marvel Netflix shows, along with ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., will officially come to Disney+. Plus. Now, this marks a pretty significant development for Disney+. Plus In the U.S., while overseas versions of the streamer have hosted, quote-unquote, mature content for quite a while, this is going to be opening up doors and creating a separate section for domestic versions for a PG-13 mature filter that is going to be now implemented into Disney+. Plus. So R-rated level violence, sex scenes, and stuff like that straight out of you know, what we see in some of these crazy, uh, darker, more sinister Netflix shows like The Daredevil and The Punisher, which kind of show more gore and face and just all kinds of crazy stuff. Disney Plus will roll out a brand new parental control on March the 16th as well. And I I think this is long overdue, especially here in America, because we've got some crazy shows that's going to be, if, if, hold me out, Charlie Cox was in Spider-Man No Way Home. As the rumor is that Charlie Cox may be coming back for Daredevil season four, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, hey, it makes sense. It makes sense, right? And we also know that John Bernthal has has been in talks to do a different version of his Punisher character, Frank Castle. So, thought, guys, what are your thoughts on on Disney Plus? Well, this, the show's this coming. Is, this has been a long time coming because we were discussing these series. In what Netflix and when Disney launched the Disney Plus mm-hmm. service, and we were like, well, maybe they'll move them to Hulu because of the the mm-hmm. more adults angle that these shows take. And so now we're finally years later getting the answer of where this they're finally coming home to rest with with yeah. the rest of the collective. We knew that they they belonged in the Disney house. We just didn't know where their room was going to be. Question. Before we move on to the last news article of the week, does this officially make these particular Marvel shows and characters canon? Oh yeah, that's, that, I say that's yes. where I'm. I, I'm struggling because now I think they are now, but my theory was okay. They put it on Hulu. They treat it like a multiverse type of thing, and just say the Charlie Cox that we see in No Way Home is the same Daredevil, but different. You know what I mean? Same. Mm-hmm but different because they're making it lighter. Now that it's on Disney Plus and there is that filter, which I didn't think they would do, but it's pretty cool. Now I'm thinking, how are they going to mesh the two things? You have a very hard TV mature rating, which means now that it is that version of Daredevil in the Spider-Man film, are they going to change the tone of Daredevil season four? Are they going to make it lighter, brighter, more like Hawkeye? Or is it going to stick to its roots? I'm so curious to see what they I do. I am but too. Since they have the age restriction, I think mm-hmm. they could go dark again. I, I really I, do. I, I think feel, the series yeah. will stay dark, but I think I if so. he makes cameos into yes. the other MCUs, it'll still stay lighter to hold true. Oh, we forgot Vince, Donofri- Vince Donofrio uh, yeah. in um, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. I mean... You know, hey, Kingpin. But here's yeah. another thing too. There's a couple shows that are are missing from the the, the thing is specifically the Runaways. Then you've got Cloak and Dagger, and then the Inhumans, which was kind of a flop. But um, uh, we won't talk about that. Um, but <laughs> it was just it was really interesting. I, I at some point I think those shows since. Disney now owns Fox. The Runaways and Cloak and Dagger can be now included into that realm as well. Because um, they're on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But it's yeah. just a side thought. Oh, there's this a whole a, new world, man. Man, the chat's blowing up. I can't keep up with you guys. 
Uh, I talk Marvel in the house. I want to say, uh, what's up? Yo to Joe Pie. Uh, hey, what's going on, man? So good to have you on board. We got Nova Omega. Looking forward to your Batman spoiler discussion. Let's We're looking it. forward to having you on our Batman spoiler discussion. Nova. Wait a minute. Nova Omega. <laughs> anyway. Sweet, man. I love that name. You like that? I, I do. Good. I do that like that name. Good. That feels good. It, it right. feels good on the whole. All right. Uh, who has got the last one? I believe it's Austin Burke with the last name. On the whole. Interesting. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> Alfred, where's my Ben Gay? Alfred, get the cream. All right. There was a time. There was a time when the casting of Keanu Reeves uh, as Batman would have sent comics fans into extended outrage. Man, how times have changed. But now we've had numerous dark and serious takes, and Reeves himself mm. has undergone a, a much reevaluation with Phantom since the days of Constantine. It feels right in context. Said context being DC's League of Super Pets, the animated comedy based on animal sidekicks. Now, until recently, at least one of the actor role pairings remained officially unconfirmed. But now we know Keanu Reeves is Batman. And Batman just needed a puppy, as many might suspect. <laughs> Not that it stops him from making dramatic, grimdark pronouncements. The classic 1989 Danny Elfman Bat theme certainly adds to his mood. Dwayne Johnson voices Crypto. Kevin Hart is Ace. Uh, Vanessa Bayer as PB. Natasha Leon as Merton. Diego Luna as Chip. John Krasinski as Superman. Uh, Mark Maron as Lex Luthor. Uh, Kate McKinnon, uh, Thomas Middleditch, Ben Schwartz, and Jamila Jamil has also joined the, my God, this cast. Joined know, the right? cast in as yet undisclosed roles, though it's presumed that some of them will play other Justice League members. DC's League of Super Pets opens on May 22nd. Be sure to check out Reeves' voiceover over in the latest trailer. I think it's like a one-minute tease type it is. thing. And, yeah. and it's, it it's great really to talk about that Danny Elfman theme that played, man. The fact that they just that they can great. do whatever they want with that music now awesome. is really cool. Yeah. John who? Krasinski. Krasinski? Yeah. A.K.A. <laughs> A.K.A. Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. We just went there, guys. Oh, yes. Good times. You know what? I, I was... I was the the trailer played uh, right before the Batman. This this the D, you know DC no super. Oh cool. Uh, well, really here cute. for us, I don't know how That's it was cool. like in, in your all's neck of the woods, but we got to see the, the the full trailer and you know hear Keanu Reeves and all of that. So we got the full three minute trailer, and I was like, you know what, I, I, I'm gonna have to go see this one. This looks so good, so cute, and fun. I may have to go see it because I kind of want to see who's the villain and where it's going to go in the storyline. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that same tone, like comedy kind of playing on the things that we know about our heroes as the Lego movie. And the Lego movie oh. is phenomenal. Yeah. And the Lego Batman movie, like those movies are such great satire. If they can do yeah. that, but play it maybe more family rather than just kids centric. I was not excited for this movie a couple months ago. Now I'm like, Kind of got to see it in theaters. So let's go. I got to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. But, um, well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that is going to wrap it up for this week's headlines, guys. And, uh, my gosh, we're already almost at the halfway point. Uh, We're going to go ahead and transition over and do a little retro rewind for you guys. We're going to dial back the 80 dial right now to 1986, specifically, and one of Disney's breakthrough movies called Flight of the Navigator. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Pop X cast is 
coming your way with the retro rewind. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I promise. Retro rewind. Retro Rewind, Flight of the Navigator. Man, I, I, I was sitting there a c- couple weeks ago, and I was kind of toying, like, what film do we want to cover that we've not covered yet already on PopX Cast? And this film was a technological marvel to pull off, and it cost the company millions to make. And a lot of people don't understand it, but the the actual flying... Avalus or whatever you call it, um, is for the most part, 80% CGI, 20% model, if you can believe that. And so if you've never seen, I want to give this little disclaimer, if you've never seen the making of Flight of the Navigator and how they did this, it is insane. Literally, you're 1986, this is at a time when the computers were still on reel-to-reel digital magnetic tape. And they would have to frame by frame hand generate, well, not hand generate, but computer generate each frame of the ship. Mind you, this was the first time ever that Disney invented the technique to add motion blur to its CGI so its CGI looked more realistic, which would wow. pave the way for ILM to develop Jurassic Park literally just six years later. Think about it. So this movie is kind of like Tron in a way, because Tron was computer animation and CGI. But Tron, if you go back and watch it, when the ships are coming through on those like really horrible-looking landscapes, there's no blur in the frame. It's just a constant CGI model moving. You know, this has full-on reflection of of the of the surface of the Earth. It's much more realistic. How they did, you need to watch the documentary on how they made this. It is seriously the best 45 minutes of your life. But with all that said, Flight of the Navigator, for me, strikes home on so many levels. It's got Joey Kramer stars as um, our, our, our kid here who's trapped between, between two dimensions, essentially. Yeah. He, he starts out in his one life, and then he's trapped in another life, and his home is not his home anymore. And he's caught between two worlds. And... All he has is this weird, glowing, disco-looking orb of a, of, a, of a ship kind of leading him through the path to try to get back to where he was originally supposed to be. So mm-hmm. I want to go to I want to go to Lindsay Badger. I want to okay. get your take on this. Um, what did you think of Flight of the Navigator? I actually enjoyed it. It was, it was a really cute show. I got some really big, like, E.T. vibes from this show. With the way That's the a good government, way to put it. or the the NASA in this movie, where it was yes. the government before, you know, NASA wanting to like pick apart this kid that had contact with this alien force or whatever, and, and just trying to dissect the whole situation. I, I really just took me right back to those ET vibes mm. as, as well. And I honestly don't think. I've seen this movie before. And if I have, oh, wow. it was a very long time ago and I don't remember it. Wow. So it was wow. just kind of like, I'm going to consider it a first watch for me. Nice. So it was a nice little adventure. I loved all the cute little 
alien creatures <laughs> that were in the ship that were just so wacky yeah. and, and cute. And But, I mean, it was a story that you actually, you know, you felt mm. emotion towards. You were attached to this kid and, and you felt really bad for him because he just didn't, he felt so lost and afraid and didn't know what was going on. And he, the the whole time, the only thing he wanted to do was just go home. Yeah. And yeah. so you you really um, go along with him on that <clears throat> journey, and I really enjoyed it. It was a nice a nice little treat. Nice. <laughs> I, I love to hear that because, you know, I, here's the thing I like about what you just said, Lindsay. You had said you had never seen this film before, and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a sinus infection last week, but you considered it a first watch. Yep. And I love hearing just how you're breaking it down because a lot of what you just said captures the heart and essence of the way I felt when I first watched it. Yeah. And so that was really awesome. Austin Burke, what do you feel? How do you how do you like Flight of the Navigator? I think it's a really interesting movie. I, I remember watching this mom and dad bought it for us on uh, VHS as a kid. So it was one of those we'd pop the VHS in all the time. Mm -hmm. We'd watch Fly the Navigator uh, or some of the other ones, early 2000s, Emperor's New Groove. And we go back to some of the 90s Disney movies. A lot, we had a lot of Disney stuff uh, mm -hmm. as a kid on VHS, but this was one of the VHSs that we had. And, uh, but I hadn't seen it in probably, man, it may have been about 15 years. Wow. Uh, maybe okay. more than that since I've seen this movie. But uh, I don't remember it being as layered as it, actually was right because they build you up with this character to care so much about his journey and when we get that decision at the end of the movie for him to get back on the ship instead of stay with that future family that character arc was earned in my opinion yeah. i mean genuinely earned like you feel for him because it's like oh he's taking a huge risk but it makes all the sense in the world because of the journey that he was just on I also love the fact that it saves a lot of the traveling around uh, Pee Wee Herman ha -ha voice for <laughs> the second Paul half. Rubens, man. You're going to love it. Oh, my gosh. So great in the movie. I, I love to just so quote Star Trek and all of these things, yeah. man. So it was 80s. super fun. Uh, it was so it was so 80s, but I love it. Very 80s. And, uh, but they saved it all for the second half because the first half you have the fear instilled in this kid mm. they're operating on him they're, they're they're taking him and like probing him and stuff and that's why we have that decision at the end it's like i don't want to stay here and go through this uh now part of me was like man he forms that relationship with that girl when he goes back in time maybe in the future that girl's there mm -hmm. and they're about the same age so then they go you know, yeah. i would have <laughs> liked that ending wow. but no, not like not like that but i mean like you know get together and have a little have a little you know, um We'll I'll forget the cream. Anyway, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, just I just think that bring the tube. Nice. <laughs> bring the tube, Alfred. Get in here quick. But I just think that would have been a nice. Why? Ending. But the bond also, also, I did not realize as I was watching that that was Sarah Jessica Parker. Don't know how. Very oh, yeah, young. She like her, sounds so like her. young. Yeah. I was like, holy no moly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it, man. This is fun. If I'm not mistaken, that was her first role. Her first major role. Oh, really? As, yeah. She was only like 16, 17 in that film. She was pretty. She was very young. Awesome. Um, uh, so the, the soundtrack, if you guys have never looked up the soundtrack, it screams synthwave. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. so good. The closing credits and stuff are great. Um, for me, I think, I think Paul Rubens was kind of a, a showstopper. 
uh, for especially for his career specifically because it was literally after this film came out, I believe um, right after that, Pee Wee's Playhouse became a staple uh, on Saturday morning. Yes. And so we're talking 1986. So this film came out early 86. Pee-wee's Playhouse came out, I believe, the summer of 86. And um, wow. yeah, seriously. So this was literally at the height of Paul Rubin's career, um, which was interesting uh, to hear. You you definitely can tell that's his voice. Oh, my God, it's so his voice. But, <laughs> you know, but I, I do feel the simplicity of this film was good, where a child could understand it. Yeah, it's very simple. It's not too hard to follow if you're an eight-year-old kid or a 28-year-old kid. Um, you you can probably follow it pretty easily. Um, I always love in the 80s. I don't know why in the 80s you go back to um, the war games and you're talking about like NASA and you, you're in you know, NORAD and all these places. Yeah. And then here's this kid, you know, he's taken to NASA down in Kennedy Space Center and He's examining all these probes and things on him and stuff like that. It yeah. always was like NASA and space was the big thing about, even in E.T., yeah. you were talking about it, Lindsay. Remember how NASA came in with yeah. that house vacuum? All like the hazmat The suits, hazmat suits. Like all scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, all the plastic I could definitely, vinyl yeah. walk through and all that stuff. And they're rolling the, the, the tube down the street. Remember yeah. that scene? But anyway... Honestly, I I really think that this is one of the lesser talked about '80s films. Definitely, it's got a lot of charm to it, um, and 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 I love Disney put a lot of money into it, and I, I think that for the time, the CGI and, and the visual effects were just wow. Great. I mean, it was amazing yeah. how they did all this stuff. Um, but I, I is is there anything else that I've missed? Have we talked about it? Yeah, I'll tell you something. I just watched a movie that comes out this upcoming weekend on Netflix, so I can't talk too much about it. The embargo hasn't lifted, but I, okay. I can do a social review. Um, it's called The Adam Project. Okay. Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo. Uh, it takes, and I just watched it yesterday and then watched this today. It takes so many ideas from Flight of the Navigator, and it actually ended up being a really good movie. So if you all want to see a more modern Different story, but very similar themes of Flight of the Navigator. This weekend, the Adam Project comes out on Netflix, Ooh. and I think it's going to get good reception. Is, is that Friday? How they just—it's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. so drops many Friday. parallels. I've heard about the Adam the Project. That sounds interesting. Yes, yeah, it's good. I like Ryan Reynolds yeah. and Mark Ruffalo, so that's a win-win for both of us. All right, guys. Well, let's give our official Flight of the Navigator review, and then we're going to go right on into our spoiler-heavy discussion of the Batman. Uh, Lindsay Badger, you started us off. What's your review rating on? Um, I'm going to stick this one at around a 7.8. That's great. It's awesome. It's a pretty good movie. Pretty good yeah. watch. Awesome, Burke. How do you feel? Yeah, I'm going 7.2. I, I enjoyed this. Again, it, you know, it's simple, right? It doesn't yeah. get very complex. Yeah. But I'm thinking, I don't think it needed to. I think it is yeah. what it is, and it worked very well. I agree. I'm going to go 7.5 on this one for me. I'm nice. kind of in, in the between the two. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do feel, I mean, obviously, we're we're right there in the mid-sevens. Um Guys, I believe if it is streaming right now on Disney Plus, which is how we all three saw it together. Uh, so if you got Disney Plus, make it a family night. Pop some popcorn yeah. and gather around and oh, watch yeah, Fly the Navigator. For kiddos. Absolutely. But with all of that said, we're going to roll the spoiler alert warning. Are you guys ready to talk some Batman? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're gonna gonna roll that warning. 
No, I'm not going to do that. Cream. <laughs> All right, spoiler alert. Beyond this point, you've been warned. If you've not seen the Batman, please pause, whether you're listening on pod- podcast audio or on our live stream feed here on YouTube. Please pause. Go watch. We don't be responsible for anything that's going to come out of our mouths in the next 25 minutes. You've been warned. Danger. You are about to enter a pop-pop Spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. All right. You have been warned. We are talking the Batman. And my gosh, I am so excited to talk this. I just want to like, my brain is literally like, I just There's want to like, like get it all out. Is, is there, I don't know if we can talk about the whole movie in 25 minutes, but we're, we're going to try. We're going to, we're going to give it our, college try. we're going to give it our bestest. So, so where do you, where do you want to start? Do you want to just like pick a section and like break it down or how do you, cause I mean, there's three hours of Batman well, goodness. I, to I feel we need to, we need to start at the beginning and the opening scenes start. <laughs> we need the opening scenes the creepiness of the opening scenes really set the tone for the rest of the film and for me it was just it was unnerving watching this guy come home from work playing sword on halloween night with his family going upstairs and being bludgeoned to death with a freaking carpet. <laughs> what it was a carpet uh what do they call carpet, carpet tucker. tucker. Yes. Yeah. Um and then the scene of seeing um the Riddler just rip that tape and oh. just My God, dude. I was like, is this freaking Saul? What am I watching here? <laughs> I was I mean I was like you Joe, you know I'm not a horror fan at all. I'm a big fat weenie <clears> when it comes to this stuff, and so I was like, what? are we doing right now yeah <laughs> it that is scene was a better saw movie than the new saw movie with the- oh it was so true so true i mean for me though i was i knew in the first 15 minutes of that film i was like okay it's gonna get real. i am invested <laughs> in the next two hours and 40 <laughs> minutes of my life here yeah. we go so let, let's yeah. talk for just a moment about the beginning of that scene, how they the peering through the thing and the binoculars through the glass. And it's like you almost get like the the murder of the parents vibe. Yeah, I thought we, it was the Waynes. The Waynes. Yeah, I exactly, did, too. I did, too. I was like and playing along. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to go there. But they didn't. Yeah. It was totally not that. I think they just kind of teased that on purpose because they know it's such a cliche thing at this right. point because right. we've seen it yeah. so many times. The you know the director was just like, yeah, well, I think we're going to do it this. We're going to we're going to. Yeah. But I love it though. He played on the audience because we had no idea who this political it. figure was yes. at the beginning. Yes, yes, exactly. And he's like, there I'm, I'm going to play a little mind game, much like the Riddler would play. But I'm going to play it on you, the audience. <laughs> And it was just, dude, the setup was just so brilliantly crafted. It was just phenomenal. And just the tone of hearing, I don't know if you guys could hear it in your theater, but in mine, it was very, very prominent as the binoculars. You can hear the the subtle. Oh, he's a mouth breather. I was like, what is he is a mouth breather. Dude, I got freaking chills. 
Yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, they had those those stereo was cranked in my IMAX, so you could feel it like breathing down your neck. Basically, it was just yeah. so intense, and I was uh, like, "Can we please stop mouth breathing?" I just I felt, I'm cringing here. I felt like I needed to pray How to did, Jesus do you guys right in that like moment. Like this darker take of the Riddler. Love it. Yes. Love it. He's the Zodiac I thought, killer. I thought that I yep. was gonna hate it because I'm such a big fan of the more campier Jim Carrey style Joker, which is kind of what we've all grown up to know and love. I now appreciate this version because yeah. of the way they treated his character. <laughs> Paul so Dano. Dark, oh, yeah. sick and twisted. I, I was watching an interview uh, three days prior to this film with Paul Dano. The, the, is that his name? Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, he's amazing. And he was telling the director, uh, not the director, he was telling the interviewer. It was on some kind of, um, he's being interviewed. Uh, you know how these they do these promotional things before the movie comes out and he was saying it took him over a month to come down after playing the role of the Riddler. I can imagine because that. he was he he said there was so much energy, and oh. he had a he had to surround himself with the character, and become it was it, he's a method actor first and foremost, yes. and he 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 literally wasn't playing a role. He became the role mentally, physically. What he ate, how he lived, he almost literally mirrored everything that the Riddler would do That's in his disturbing. life. In his own, it's very disturbing. But it was interesting hearing that. I was like, "Dude, he's all in." <laughs> you and, know? and there will be blood. He studied. He he played a pastor in the Oscar-winning film There Will Be Blood, and uh, he studied under a pastor for months and months. And then he said, by the end of filming, he believed. He believed he could have been called to be a pastor. That's how much he sunk into the role. He's in. He is such a method, incredible actor. Wow. He's incredible. Well, up until this film, and Austin, I know you know Mr. Daniel's work a lot better than I do. Up until this film, I really hadn't seen him in a, in a very prominent role because I haven't seen any movies that he's been in. I'm just being honest. You, know, you see yeah. more movies than I do. You, My God, you see a thousand movies a day. I don't know how you do it. Crazy. But... It's insane. But this, man, Dano, for the win. Yeah. My God. It, it really quite fantastic. Quite so, fantastic and dark. And then yes. after that scene, the gravitas of that scene, you hear that dun, 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 oh. dun. And I'm like, oh, my God, here he comes. Here, And, of it's course. That power chords just drive yeah. The wall of sound. Driving. It's a wall of sound oh. on... Michael, uh, how do you say his last name? Gochino. Oh, so Loves. good. It's, it's got a, the, the theme has an Empire Strikes Back vibe to it, too. Very dun, dun, da, da, da. Yeah. It's, it's that yeah. where it's so powerful, there's nothing that can penetrate it. It's and that's commanding why it works so well and driving. Yes. It is. And yes. it pushes you through the movie, and it's, it drives the entire movie. The, the music is just spot <clears throat> on for the tone of the yeah. it's, I, I said this, I know it's, I know it's crazy. I love Elfman's theme. I am Hans Zimmer is my favorite composer of all time. Same. I think Giacchino's score is the best Batman score I've ever heard. I think Agreed. it's the best. It's I would agree with you. Best. I would yeah. agree with you. Um, and then, you know, I believe. So we get the signal, right? Is that what We get the next? signal. The moments with after Gordon that the is top? the reveal of <laughs> Batman and, Rob, and the first <laughs> look at Robert Pattinson. And he actually, uh, Batman is coming to investigate the crime scene, walking in with Commissioner Gordon. And all the cops are like, 
really you let this vigilante in here you know oh my gosh dude it was just so raw it was it was so new york (laughs) yeah very oh well every person was like hey me hey hey do do what do you guys agree with me on this so i i've we've seen a lot of great commissioner gordon's gary oldman i think in terms of a batman gordon pairing this is the best i've ever seen on screen they they're they're bros Dude, they're bros. Great bro. Commissioner yeah. Gordon and Batman working together is is comic lore, bro. Yes. I mean the two oh, yeah. the two are like Robin and Batman. Mm, yes, I, I think this is the dynamic. This duel is of this, this is the movie that showed them working the closest, though, and I think that that was a really nice light yes. to shine on that mm-hmm. aspect. Very comic accurate. Very comic. I'll be accurate. honest with you though, I really wish I would have got more of Andy Circus. Mm, that was my one criticism. Uh, was it? I didn't know. I didn't watch your review, so I didn't. I yeah, didn't see I it. I, I wanted. I didn't want any spoilers ahead of ahead of the show tonight, so I kind I of refrained you. from your 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 review until this. But I, I freaking love Andy Circus. So uh, him as Alfred Pennyworth was just amazing. I really wish there was more of that dynamic there between him. Um, I don't want to get into the weight of the Wayne family just yet. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to talk a little bit about the entrance of Catwoman and Zoe Kravitz's character. Um, Catwoman so yeah. much in this movie. I fell in love with her. Go ahead, Lindsay, because you're taking every word out of my mouth right now. I fell in love <laughs> with her from the costuming uh, to the attitude. She wasn't so she wasn't super over the top, but she was such a strong yet sexy person and i mean you could tell that she was battling her own internal demons of what was right what was wrong and still having this no i got this kind of thing i don't need a man (laughs) sort of thing um addressing all of that stuff but the chemistry between the cat and the bat was Mm -hmm. the perfect mixture yes it wasn't too gushy gross but yeah. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like over the top still the show, but it was like this perfect like pairing that worked so well together throughout the whole movie. And I just really thought that that was really nice taste to I, I, add into the movie. Austin, correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel that Zoe Kravitz's take on Catwoman, the difference between her Catwoman and all the other ones that we've seen in history, whether it be in animated or on television or whatever, I believe the difference between hers and all the other ones is she has heart in her yeah. character. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yes. And absolutely. I just feel like her and Bruce could be a thing in real life. Like they there could, was so much be. there was so much there that was yet to be explored. I know I'm fast forwarding, but the scene we, where they we got parted a little bit more of her origin story too that I don't they think did. we've touched on I don't remember the Catwoman <clears throat> movie yeah. and where how deep they went there, but I don't, I she, don't she exposed, you know, the childhood and her connection to the mob families and the, and her growing up and why she is the way she is, basically. Falcone being her father. Falcon, I mean, yeah. Falcone, Ooh. yeah, Falcone's been her. And um, my gosh, the, the dude playing Falcone, <laughs> he's been in fun. Man. Dude. He's amazing. I didn't even, I, I've seen him in funny movies. Yeah. All uh, comedy movies up until this point, I'm like, he made a great bad guy. He made an awesome he was, bad he guy. Was I the loved quirky, him. The quirky secret agent in Transformers. That's when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. I, I loved him exactly. in Transformers, and now he's doing this, and I'm like, oh my god, he's intimidating. dude. That was a so great. That, that was just a shines great a light cast. on the flexibility he has as an actor, and I'm really glad that they yes. put him in that role. And I'm Agreed. just thrilled. Agreed. 
but getting back to Catwoman, I really do feel, though, that there was great chemistry, um, a good time with her on screen as well. I felt that we got plenty of, of scenes. Uh, we didn't leave lacking more Catwoman or less of Catwoman. We had it. It was just right. And yeah. I do feel that the driver behind helping her find the truth about her family and unraveling the mystery of this Zodiac Riddler out there, it was just, it was a great intertwining mix of just dynamic stories that were well, well fleshed out far in yes. advance. Very, and very that, that's just a hats off to the characters. writing team of this film. Oh my gosh. Austin. It's, it's one of the, it's one of the, easily one of the best scripts I've ever seen in a Batman movie because the arcs of all of the characters, all of the characters come so, maybe not Alfred, but so full circle by the end. And I, I think Bruce's progression, see, the big complaint I've seen, and it's valid, is that Bruce is, first of all, not in the movie until 55 minutes into the film. I, I made note that's, the that's second long. time I watched it. 55 minutes. Now, we do at one point see Bruce with the eye makeup on, but I still consider that Batman because he's full Batman mode at that yeah, point. He right? is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and so then we see normal Bruce, and to the point to where he's squinting in the daylight and he's putting sunglasses on, he's like, I am a bat. I do not want to be out here. I do not want to associate with you people. But by the end of the film, and I won't skip too far ahead, but the arc for Bruce Wayne in this movie is that he realizes he can no longer be full vengeance and he has to be a shining beacon for the city. Mm. And that's where... I think in the next movie, we will see more of that billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne because he has accepted the fact, right, now that he has to be that for the city. It's kind of like how this Spider-Man trilogy was an origin story for who Spider-Man is now, right? The whole trilogy was just an origin. This movie was an origin story for the Bruce Wayne that we know, who I think will make an appearance in the next film, as that billionaire Playboy that, that was the, the one mantra. thing that I really didn't, you know, I wasn't exactly excited about was the portrayal mm -hmm. of Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that they did a different take on it. He's just not there but, yet. That's yeah, right. I was He's just like, yet. where's this billionaire Playboy? I was like, we've got the cars, we've got the gadgets. You're checking all the yeah. boxes of the Batman mm -hmm. for me, but it missed a little bit for me do, on the Bruce Wayne. Do we know like how many, how many, how far after the death of his parents this movie takes? It's two years. It's second year Batman. It's the second year he's second year the Batman. Cape Crusader. Yeah. But it must be. Do we know his age in this film, or do we have mm -hmm. a? I mean, I'm just trying to figure that out because, uh, you know, his parents died when he was a kid. Yeah, and they what, died what, in like 2001. Or so? They died in 2001, so if we could get that to 2022, because oh, okay. I think that's the year the movie takes place in. Okay. Um, so it takes place in... online. Okay. So he's in They made 20s. a joke that instead of going to the theater, they were going to the movie theater to see Shrek, and that's how his parents got killed. I'm like, oh, that's Okay, funny. that makes that sense. Came out Marco, <laughs> Marco Fulvio here to say that Austin is my favorite YouTube movie reviewer. Thanks oh. for all that you do. Guess what, Marco? Marco? He's my favorite movie reviewer, oh. too. He's mine, too. And he's also related to me. But not related to me. <laughs> oh, man. Two Burks in one show. It's crazy. Yeah. So we're getting up to, like, the, the middle part. And by this point, like, three politicians are dead. And there's no leads on how to find this guy. Oh, my gosh. The puzzles, though. <sighs> I'm a puzzle girl. So I was eating all of the ciphers up and stuff. I was like, let's go. Let's solve this mystery. Fast so good. Boy. Let's go. I was getting heavy saw vibes on the one politician who had the vice around his neck. Oh, 
any any yes. any kind of rolled into the 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 funeral scene yes. in the car and, and then he, he had, had that, like the phone oh attached to his gosh, hand he's like yeah that Great was scene. like Nope, dude. That conversation, that com, I, that was, I believe, the first conversation that that Batman had with the Riddler face yes. to face in real time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just unnerving to hear Riddler talk and just how he was processing and everything. He was live streaming at the same time to yeah mm-hmm. to his followers. Yeah, jeez. I also I also love how in the movie they 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 make it a point Batman will stop and look at that little boy whose dad just <sighs> died. And then he does yes. it again during the car scene. Now, some oh. people have theorized. They've theorized. Is that our future Robin? There's a theory. There's a big theory because, because there is a big conversation happening right now that Reeves has mentioned Robin, the, the director, multiple times and that there could be a Robin coming into this universe. Is that little boy taking gymnast classes? I don't know. See, that's the, that's the thing. It's like, does he? I don't know if that's our Robin or if we get a Robin now. Do we I have been multiple? Do we have multiple yeah. like storylines for Robin's backstory? I don't know. Dick okay. Grayson. Uh, Dick Grayson Couple. was the Flying Graysons. Uh, they yes. were. They were. They did the circus family. Circus jazz family. Was the origin story for them. So I didn't know if there was an alternate. Yep. My dad was a rich mayor that got murdered. There's multiple Robins, though. <laughs> There's also, uh, if you go back to Frank Miller's adaptation of the Dark Knight comic book, which would led led to 1989 Batman, there was a female Robin. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. my favorite. So, there's that. Yep. So, I, and I, I, I think it would... I well, maybe not in like that particular storyline. but I look at a movie like Logan with X-23. They made that work. Yeah. If they can make a relationship between an old man and that kid work, why not do it in a Batman movie and bring it to live action? I, I love, love it. to see a Robin in this universe. I would love to. Yeah. Cool. So did, did you guys like Penguin? Oh, let's talk about Colin yes. Farrell let's ta- for a let's minute. Let's talk oh about God. Penguin for a minute. Let's Easy, sweetheart. <laughs> He's so good. He was, he, was a very, um, he was a very nice Penguin. For this movie, for, for the for, most part, for the franchise, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, yeah. he wasn't like beating people in the street or anything weird. I don't think this penguin had a lot of power yet because no. he does Falcon, now, Falcon hadn't been, hasn't died yet. Now Falcon is, spoiler alert, Falcon, Falcon is, is shot at the end of the film, which transitions the power directly to the hands of Penguin. Bring the rest. That scene, that scene of Penguin overlooking him, he's like. He's like, hey, man. And, you know, he's just like, F- Falcone looks at him and says to himself, essentially, oh, my God, he's about to take my, like, he's taking the reins. And yeah. see how Penguin has that kind of almost that classic Penguin look? He's getting there slowly, man. I think that's the end of that transformation right there. He's turned into Penguin. Yeah. I love to see He will be the him. crime oh boss. God. He will be the crime lord of Gotham, I, I would yeah. say. Like, Kingpin, if you can, if you, Kingpin to Daredevil. Uh-huh. Penguin uh-huh. to Batman. Yeah, Same. Well, I mean, we've got... Uh, that's another thing to be set up for for the second movie. We've got Joker, we've got uh, Riddler, and now mm. we're going to have Penguin. The three heavy hitters. Trio. Yes. yes. Here's, what, here's what I hope they do. Reeves has talked, and we'll, we'll get to this more... I guess we can talk a little bit about it right now. Uh, Reeves has talked a lot about Mr. Freeze. A lot. He loves that character, loves that story. And I think have a little bit of stuff going on at Arkham in the second movie, but give us a Sub-Zero classic Mr. Freeze and his wife storyline. Mm. Um, and then the casting rumors are crazy. They're like Brian Cranston. 
John Carl Esposito as Mr. Freeze. I'm like, I could see Cranston as Freeze. Oh, oh my God. Cranston. He still is Mr. Freeze. I too. Wow. Because <laughs> Cranston's got that deep voice. I am yes. the one who freezes. I am the one that who knocks. Right. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. I would love it. Grounded too. But he's got to have that German. What is it? Uh, German accent? Isn't uh, Victor von Freeze? Isn't he? Isn't he that his name? Or, before. Isn't yeah, that his he has name? Been before in the, in the animated series, they they gave him an, an American accent. But yeah, he originally did. Is have it a, Victor von Freeze? Or is oh, it? Oh, that's right. Victor. They are doing a Penguin series on HBO. So that's probably yes, setting are. that up right there. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Well, or he'll be the crime boss. Dang. I hope. <laughs> who's Let's direct? Go. Do we know who's directing that? Reeves is executive producing. I'm not entirely sure what the writing team looks like, but I, I don't even know. Is it a prequel? We don't know yet, but I, I hope it's after this movie. I hope okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dr. Dr. Victor Freeze. Nice. Yeah. I, I, had to, so, I had to Google that to make sure. I was like, wait, it sounds right, but I want to make sure it's right for our audience. I so, love to see so, so what are what are some bits that we're we're not covering? I know there's a lot. There's three hours of stuff going on here, but man, I really I really like the twists and turns with the with the different um, politicians and detective work. The detective work in this video video movie is brilliant, <laughs> and is. I love seeing that. I I love the detective side of Batman, and I'm glad that that was like the main focus. I'm glad you um, said that. I, I really enjoyed the, the let's talk gadgets in cars for a minute, boys. Yes. We can't skip out on the, the goodies. Yeah. Okay. I the um, contact, the eye contact. Yeah, so cool, man. <laughs> freaking amazing. Yeah. So freaking cool. amazing. The eye contact, uh, that was great. Um the cape that turned into the flying suit. Did thing. you did you see his yeah. hesitancy when he got to the yeah. top of the building? Like, oh geez. You could tell he's not comfortable in that situation yeah, with those heights. In, in the flying. That was interesting, but he had to go. Why I I love looking at this as just a full on origin for I mean year two. That's early, man. Looks like he's never been that high before. Looks like he's never done certain things. The wingsuit, he messed up and hit the bridge. Like, he is really yeah. learning right now. And I yeah. You know what else I really felt? And it was subtle. We only saw it once towards the very end. But the bat symbol coming oh. off oh. as the little knife batarang uh-huh. thing. That and then he cool. just popped it right back in. I was like, that's the <laughs> coolest thing ever. Well, And it, and it was oh, very cool, underutilized, man. in my opinion. But The gadget of all gadgets. Night. Let's talk about that Batmobile reveal. <laughs> yes, please. On the, the Penguin yes, Chase. Um, if you guys have not had the opportunity uh, to see this movie in IMAX, you are not fully experiencing the Batmobile. Dude, it, the engine, it, it seemed like five minutes, the engine revving up. And then, <laughs> then Oswald so Cobblepot looking... It's like, what is that? You know, and it's just like, look at that. You've got the pop button. The rumble. And look at the muscle shook car look. To the it, chairs in oh, the yeah, theater. Shaking, man. Dude. I, the, I had vibrations from head to toe. It was amazing. I got to be honest. I mean, for me, the 1989 Batmobile will always be my favorite Batmobile. Oh, that's iconic. And I was a fan of the Christopher Nolan Rumbler. Yeah, it was it was a very different take on it that we didn't normally but see. But that old school scaled back Batmobile with a freaking turbo engine in the back of it. Car. <laughs> muscle car harkening back to like that 70s muscle car vibe. It did yes. get a little nod. Did get a little nod. 
Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're putting out there, Mr. Reeves. I see what you're putting out, Matt Reeves. Um, it was a going was, against the traffic. A car yeah. chase against the traffic uh, in the rain. A downpour. Dude, how did they <laughs> shoot that in the freaking rain? No clue. Okay, and, and, and how how the trailer f- was rolling and turning magically oh. into a ramp. I was like, that is the coolest stunt moment ever. <laughs> it was and it was that a stunt. Matt Reeves confirmed. Ever. It was all a stunt. He said very minimal CGI in that sequence. What? Yeah. It was a stunt. The Batmobile that coming You're kidding me. Was filmed. He said, we filmed the Batmobile coming through the flames in the mirror. I'm done. Shot. I'm done. I'm shutting yeah. this off now. Dude, that's ridiculous. I literally have goosebumps on my legs right now knowing that. That's oh my ridiculous. God. And this is a master of CGI. This is the guy who directed the Planet of the Apes trilogy. So he could have easily went CGI, but he said, you know yeah. what? We're going to go practical. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I just love the timing of it with the penguin. He was like, ha ha, I got you. Dude, and then it's yeah. like, when the weight of that car, when he came off the ramp and he come down oh. and the, the suspension and the tires expanded... Amazing. My so good. God, what so a good. shot in the Excellent. rain with the fire. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty dang baller right there. I'm not gonna lie to you. No that words. was I I, I that, I'm pretty sure I needed to change of underwear after that. You know, that wasn't even the most action packed part. I mean, come no, on, we literally flooded Gotham in this movie. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So let's pull let's bane, man. Let's That's let's big. let's pull up a little bit and 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 go past the, the talk about the third act a little bit. Yeah. Um. So the culmination is um, more threats are coming out. Uh. And he has been captured at this point. Paul mm-hmm. Dano's character, but we think that's the end of the film because we've seen the trailer and is I was sitting there like, why are they showing us the end of the film when the Riddler's already caught? Yeah. That's not the end of the film, guys. Interrogation. What we, what oh, we, that interrogation. That scene. In, oh. oh my God, that interrogation scene was insane. The interrogation scene. It was creepy, dude. It was, it was freaking unnerving Bruce to watch. Uh huh. Yeah. Because he believes, first of all, he clearly hates Bruce Wayne, clearly. But Bruce Wayne believes that he knows his identity at that point. And I've actually talked to people that. There are actually two sides of the coin here. Some people think he knows he's it Bruce had Wayne. Me I don't think he so yeah, good. I, don't think he I was under no, the assumption he doesn't. he doesn't. I don't know if it's under the assumption that he he's saying Bruce Wayne to get the name out there because but he's not making the assumption that Bruce Wayne is the guy in the bat suit. Yes. Bruce Wayne is yes. the only one that he targeted in the movie that survived. He survived. Uh, yes, and, and that survived. is why he's saying Bruce Wayne, and that's why he's lamenting over the, of the name, and he's Wayne. just circling the drain, yeah. trying to figure out how to get him, because and, and of, Bruce, you know, the the, the Wayne history yeah. that yeah. they yeah. unveiled, which I wasn't privy that was, to. Let's, I don't let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about that before we talk about the explosion of of the yeah. floodgates. Uh-huh. Um, so different spin on the Wayne story here. Yeah, the Waynes were 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 shot as traditional comic lore would tell us, but the involvement of Thomas Wayne into Falcone because his yeah. wife had a mental illness that he wanted to not well cover up. Essentially, he didn't cover want up. the he didn't want the, the public to know about it because he was entering a mayoral yeah, was, mayoral public yeah. yep, and so he looked to Falcone to help with with that and. And he uh, 
gangster's going to do what a gangster's going to do, and yeah. ended up killing the Waynes. And should have should have known that there was apparently a little bit of desperation in Thomas Wayne, so he didn't want him to kill him. But that's just what right. Falcone does, apparently. He yeah. just kills without even thinking. Yeah. It was it was like nice to put a little bit of depth behind that to kind of understand it wasn't just a random cold killing like it, no. it looked yes. like it was way deeper than that. But the reveal so that uh, I, was, I was just going to say the reveal of that for Bruce Wayne's character in the film has a lot of gravity to it. Yes, because that, I think I think that right there is when his character shifted from vengeance to more of a beacon of hope and trying to rebuild the city sort right. of thing. I, I feel, you know, he lived his whole life thinking his family was just randomly shot, not understanding the depths yes. of his father's ties to the mob of Gotham. And I I really, truly love that different spin on it because we how many times have we seen the poor Wayne family die? Right, and that right there was the biggest reason why we had an Alfred in this right. movie was mm. to confirm... Because yeah. he is that father figure in his life to confirm that those facts that he was being fed yeah. from a psychopath was actually true. Yeah. Um, over in the chat room right quick, uh, I want to just highlight this because this is great. Relentless MK, my buddy Mike here in town. The previous up, Batman movies had a couple of actors that were great. This one had so many actors hitting on oh. next level. Oh, that is 100% legit true. That's, that's, yes. That is accurate as yes, can be, Mike. Yes. Thanks for tuning well in, done, buddy. Mike. Yeah. But that the the weight of the of Bruce Wayne finding that out and confronting Alfred when Alfred was part of the target of the Riddler because Bruce Wayne was supposed to have died. Bruce Wayne wasn't there. Alfred got in the blast. He's in the hospital. And then the weight of you know, him saying, Why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a heavy, heavy scene it, for Wayne yeah. to digest that. But then also understanding his own family's ties that him and Catwoman's got a lot in common right now. Right. Yeah, I've seen some complaints that Bruce's arc doesn't really work in this movie, and I have to disagree because I, that scene I do. alone, I do that disagree. Scene, that scene it sold it. Beautiful. Uh, and, and, and here's another here's another thing too that's going to help with that character shift development too is that all of that information was released out into the public. So his family name yeah. is not tarnished, yeah. which yeah. previously they were held on such a high pedestal. Yeah. So Bruce Wayne as a person is going to be viewed very differently moving forward. Yes. And now he's going to have to um, yep. look at Batman as being somebody that steps up and does the right thing. And, I agree. And not go down to the level of the Wayne name. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just the weight of that, uh, figuring that part out and then going into the last act after the Riddler is captured and he, he's targeted now the the running mayor of mm-hmm. of the city. Yes. Uh, and little do we did we know that... Was her name Rial, I think, was the last name of, of the That's candidate? Right. It doesn't really matter. I can't remember, honestly, to be honest with you. Um, shame, I've only seen the movie one time, so I don't really have that much... I can't remember, recall the name. It's fine, and it's fresh on my brain because I just but, watched it a few um, hours. Just seeing, you, it's like, is that the Riddler? Then another one shows up behind him, and I'm like, oh, no. This is his oh, army shit. that he's been streaming to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good God. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you could see him looking. At our, so we're going back to Paul Dano in the prison. He's like, wait for it. Just Boom. And oh, it you face. haven't figured it out yet. It, no. 
And it's just like, you know, that moment when now Bruce Wayne, 10 years from that point, probably could have figured that out. But a young yeah. two-year-old detective. He's still learning. Still couldn't still get, learning. get, there was another piece of that puzzle that he didn't quite figure out. Right. And Which is an amazing callback to the long Halloween, because in the long Halloween, Bruce Wayne fails really as Batman for the first time. And that moment in this movie, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, they really are kind of doing. And there was even a hush Easter egg during the Thomas Wayne video. So I'm like, they really are kind of pulling on the long Halloween. Yeah. It was pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. And if you've not seen the long Halloween, um, uh, don't they have the animated of that as well? It's on HBO Max. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's really good. Very good. Um, but just the realization that this movie is far from over. But for me, yes, the floodgates were blown up, essentially. And feet of water is rushing into the city. The city is being evacuated. There's pandemonium. The cops are doing their thing. And Batman is in this giant arena. And he's trying to figure and assess everything out. And that's when he's, he starts seeing the Riddler army, if you will. Fast forward a little bit, if we can, to the moment when Batman steps out of the, the light and becomes the hero that Gotham needs him to be. Yeah. With the it's, mud and the weird. dirt and the grime all over his face and his outfit, he is digging people out of the rubble. Yeah. That... It was that leap off of that platform where it's that, oh, mm -hmm. he went and chopped that electrical and fell down into the water. When he came out of that water, he it, it was almost like, do I dare say a baptism of a moment for him? A rebirth of him. Went, it went completely dark the when dark he came rises? out of that water and he lit that fuse <laughs> of that um, flare. Yeah. Everything had that red uh, tone. The colors in this movie are brilliant, oh, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the red tone just saturates everything, and you just see him being the hero that he should be and yeah. is meant to be. Just, Lindsay, you just said something that was very profound, is a baptism of, of his character. I believe in that moment, everything that the Wayne family had endured due to the mob, everything that was tied to him as a character, as a, as, as a son of Thomas Wayne, I believe that was the moment that that arc for his story truly came alive. And there was yeah. purpose and passion behind now. That was the thing that was, that was missing. Where is the passion? What is the purpose? Yeah. And it wasn't for a name for himself, but it's for the citizens of Gotham. Yeah. It's a mindset shift. It's a mindset shift, exactly. exactly what that was. And that was such, I love the way you said that. It, it truly is a baptism of that character to, to, to rise out of the ashes of the rubble that's literally around you and become literally the red phoenix rising <laughs> from the water with this flare in your hand, leading people out like, you know, it was amazing. Amazing moment of cinematography. Austin Burke, what are your thoughts on that? Isn't it a cool role reversal that as of this moment at the end of that movie, whereas normally it's the exact opposite, the city views Batman as a beacon of hope, but they view the Waynes as more of the corrupt, whereas normally it's the Waynes are the beacon of yes. hope and Batman is corrupt. Such now, how are they going to play that in the next? That is a beautiful thing by Reeves to play with. It's a great dynamic. 
And I hope they keep that dynamic intact because Me too. I'm a fan of that. I really cool, am. Man. I'm a fan of that Very that cool. retelling, rehashing of it's okay for the Waynes to get their hands dirty. Uh-huh. We don't have yeah. to have the Waynes to be the Cinderella utopian family that, you know, it doesn't have to be. Well, and I know I know we have it here in the in the notes and they and they said it in the movie too about the Bruce Wayne is the mask mm. and the Batman's the mm-hmm. actual person. Yes. Um I think that that just pushes that meaning over and over again for the rest of the movie. I really agree. I mean, for me, that those climactic moments when he's he's rising up to to do what he needs to be done, and the cops are just they're they're strung out. They have no more resources to pull, and he just does what it, what he does. He just Bad. you know he is he's torn up. He's beaten all to heck. Yeah. His body is just damaged beyond, and but he just rises up and does what needs to be done, despite yeah, it's, everything. It's like in, in the Dark Knight Rises when he takes the bomb away from the city. It's like those are the moments with the character that I, I like the most. Yeah, you know the less vengeful and more beacon of hope type moments, and I think that was represented so well. In the it film. was so well. It was, and everything we've talked about tonight is just. I mean, I, I really feel that all three of us are, and even the chat is in harmony about the way we feel about this movie. Uh, there's so many great moments, and I can't wait to watch this on the second viewing, which may be this week, by the way. But I feel truly this is probably one of the best DC movies, maybe, to come out in quite some time. Uh, I know that, um, what was it, uh, Suicide Squad last year with James Gunn was a decent, yeah. was, was pretty fun, but that's more campy. It is yeah, campy. But this more real more relatable it's raw man. it was that's yeah raw, raw. that's a good stuff. word raw um lindsay austin is there anything that i missed joker i'm, I'm joker sure, yeah joker we definitely have to visit that um and did you want to talk about too bruce wayne is the mask yeah i, I think we hit on it a, a, a little bit i just i, I think that is what a lot of people are, are seeing as a movie that separates itself from the comics a bit, I, I think this is actually one of the best comic book representations of the character because he looks at himself as who I'm supposed to be when he is Batman as opposed to Bruce Wayne, and I think that's what Batman's always been at his core, but this is right. the first time it's ever been like explicitly put to us on screen. So I think mm. that is my favorite part of the movie, the fact that he is himself... like. Even when he's Bruce Wayne, he's whispering. When he's Batman, yeah. he talks louder. They, they have that, vis- you know. That's an ongoing theme from the very beginning of the movie of yeah. him journaling. I'm becoming more nocturnal and the animal. Oh, and I'm glad you said that. The, the voiceover narrative by Robert Pattinson. Loved it. Loved it. Holy cow. I am the shadows. I am the shadows. Even whenever oh having God. to deal with um, the, the Wayne responsibilities and appearances and meetings, it's just... You feel that it's just like okay, well, I have to put on my Bruce mask, you yeah. know. Yeah. You know the yeah, begrudging yeah. responsibilities of the family title, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, even from the very beginning of the movie, that's definitely an ongoing theme that that is relatable. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And um, was there something else, Austin? Oh, Joker. So totally unexpected. I didn't expect this. And I heard online before watching this that 
they there's some parts uh, some some movies had it cut and some areas had it included is that correct yeah yeah so he's for a while he's this was a year and a half ago they said he was going to be a gotham cop named stanley merkel and i'm like okay Barry uh, it's not gonna play stanley merkel i was thinking maybe mad hatter there have been a lot of mad hatter rumors but then something came out in july or july or august uh where there was a leaked something of his makeup that they were doing on him. I'm like, well, Barry Coogan makeup, he's not going to be the Joker, is he? Uh, and then they cut these Joker scenes for one of the test screenings, and there's actually another scene where Batman is in Arkham and encounters the Joker in his cell that was cut from the actual version of the movie. Whoa. So there's another scene out there with Joker in it, but this is the version we got and this is the version that that showed us that Barry Keegan uh, is actually Joker. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so we're setting up uh, seriously a dynamic power play here: a Penguin, Joker, mm-hmm. Riddler, Catwoman. I mean, all Classic. the heavy hit. All we needed now is like Two Face, Harvey Catwoman Dent. Yeah. Left town, so she would have to come back. Yeah, I'm, and I don't. I don't feel the, that she's too far the away. The the district attorney died, so that leaves room for Harvey Dent to come Harvey. in the picture. Oh, good right. call. Good call. Harvey. Harvey Dent, the DA is dead. The 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 can of worms has been opened. My it gosh, man, I, I'm just so ready for a sequel to this film. I, I and feel. I mean, they were they were screaming power grab, power grab, power grab at the end yeah. of the movie because everyone yeah, was dead, basically. So you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be chaos. Yeah. In Gotham, you know, and, and I'm just so delighted that we get a film like this that gives us something so fresh. When I first heard that Robert Pattinson was being cast as Batman, I kind of chuckled at him myself. But then Sparkle I, bat. I started to see yeah. some of the stuff that he's been in as of recent, way post some of his Twilight stuff, and he's and he's an intense actor, a very intense actor, and. It started kind of resonating with me that this is going to be something special that we've not seen before. And lo and behold, it truly was. But I feel that we're at this point, we're just kind of rambling. Um, yep. <laughs> we hit all the hard I think we the did. Hard points there. I mean, let me check anything, the chat here right know, quick, but... make sure. Um, I do wish the trailer hadn't given away the ending of the ch- car chase away. Yeah, that's just true. Uh, the previous Batman. Okay, so we're looking here. My favorite moment was the jail scene with Batman and the Riddler. Um, I'm ready to see a Clayface or Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy. That was crazy. Some new, some new bad guys and, thrown and into the I talk Marvel. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> love it. And um, I love the Riddler kept saying Bruce Wayne and Batman thought his identity was revealed until the music stopped and the Riddler referred to Bruce Wayne as him. Oh, yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, definitely good. Thank you so much, I Talk Marvel and John Poffenbarger and uh, Relentless MK in the chat for keeping that conversation going over there. We appreciate that. But uh, you guys ready to review this thing? Yeah. Wrap this up. Um, I'm going to go with the lady first. It's always right to go okay. with the missus first, so go ahead. Uh, boys, I'm going to slap a 9.2 on this bad Holy boy. mother of bat. Let's go. Okay. It's a, it's a brilliant ride. I want to see it again. I love um, hearing that from you, Lindsay. It's just, it's it's all bat. It's all bat. It's all, it's all just bat. all bat goodness. Austin? Yeah. 
I went with the 9.5. I saw the movie two more times. I want to go up, but I'm not ready to do that just yet. I'm going to go 95 for my score. 9.5. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go one up. I'm going to go 9.6. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not playing the, uh, the less uh, price is right game on you right now, you know, where you, you, you bet one dollar and I bet two dollars. Yeah, one cent up. But, um, I really do feel, uh, that was kind of the number that was echoing in the back of my mind. I was bouncing between 9.7, 9.6, and it was a balance between the cinematic score, the, the cinematography, the, the, the acting. Uh, dude, we've not seen anything like this in a long time. And so, especially in terms of comic book mar uh, movies that are being made in, in present day. So 9.6 for me. So we got a 9.2, 9.5, As you can see, this movie is definitely firing on all cylinders, if I do say so myself. And if you guys are listening or watching, I want to know what your score is on the Batman. If you're watching right now on the live stream, go ahead and type it in the chat. But if you're watching us on the replay, please feel free to type that in the comments below. What did you think about the film? Give it your score. Uh, you can score it ever how you want to. One to one out of a hundred, or you can do one out of ten. Whatever bit, whatever uh, floats your boat. We don't care. We just want to know what you think about this film. And also, if you're listening on our audio podcast, hey, just drop us a line on Twitter or on our Facebook page. Uh, just find the link to our show, this show right here, and just comment down below. Hey, guys, it's my score. All right. Nice. So from all of that, uh, we're going to go ahead and move things on over into the close of the show. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. You guys are truly amazing. Austin Burke, you get the honors, bud. Yeah. Uh, Austin Burke at the Burkinator. You can search and find me. I just put out my ranking of 50-5-0 Batman movies on my YouTube channel. Wow. So if you want to see where this movie ranks. It's really high. Spoilers. Uh, we are part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more great media content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook groups and now on Discord at the Creative Multiverse. If you are a creative produced content or have a talent, we want to see it and would like for you all to share it with us in the multi. In the multiverse. In the multiverse. Yes, Pop X is also in the multiverse um <laughs> we're all over yeah. the social media places actually you can find us on facebook instagram tumblr twitter that handle is at popxcast. we do have an email too if you like doing it that way popxcast at gmail.com and we do have a website don't forget to check out all of our awesome shows future and past shows coming up uh at popxcast.com that's it. And I am Joseph Burke. And I uh, want to say uh, at so Joseph Burke Arts all over social media, you can find me there and uh, connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever you want to go. And of course, hats off to amazing Team Pop X, Lindsay and Austin. You guys are freaking amazing. I love you. I thought I was going to say bonkers awesome or something. Too. Yeah, stop <laughs> it. But uh, we will see you in about two weeks on our next episode, episode 140. We will schedule that out on our feed. But uh, drop us a link in the com drop us a comment in 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 this show feed right here. Let us know what you think about tonight's show. Let us know what you think about the scores of Flight of the Navigator if you've seen that, and also if you've seen the Batman movie. So from all of us here at PopX Cast, take care, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being a part of the PopX family. If you liked our show, please visit our YouTube page. Be sure to click subscribe 
and tap the notification bell so you'll know when we go live next. Visit our Discord channel by clicking the QR code on screen during our live stream or simply visit bit.ly forward slash creative multiverse. Connect with us on social media by using at popxcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.